0: Welcome to Transcending Sport. I am your host, Rob Cruz. Going back into the archives, Vision Lecture, Mohegan Sun 2015, World Softball Clinic. As you may or may not know, I get to work with a lot of athletes at the amateur level. I get to work with athletes who are elite, athletes who are super elite, teams, coaches, etc. And one thing I do is I I'm, I'm, what I I'm, what I do is I try to distinguish the differences between the two. And when I have the athletes that are trying to get to the elite level, we try and, and create a training program that bridges the gap or or that closes that gap as quickly as we can to get them to that next level. And one one thing I found is that what separates the, mostly most of the time what separates the elite athletes from the amateur athletes is not just the physical bodies or you know drive and passion all that stuff is really really you know i understand that but visually a lot of these elite athletes are just way more superior than everyone else you know i'm sure when steph curry shoots a basketball he sees a bigger a bigger hole to shoot it in than everyone else um I'm sure when certain hitters are hitting they see the ball a lot bigger and it and they their perception of the speed of a pitch is a lot different than hitters who struggle consistently. And I think the faster the game gets, the more difficult the game becomes because visually most athletes just can't keep up. So, I guess I spent so I spent so much of my time studying that aspect of the game. And because I've studied it for so long, and I've studied it so intensely, talking about it comes just relatively easy for me. So having said that, I want to take you into the podcast, Rob Cruz, Talking Vision. Let's go. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz.
1: What should the eyes be doing? When should the eyes be doing what? Um, How do I position my body so that my eyes can actually function properly the way they were actually designed to function? And those are some of the things that I'd like to cover today to give everybody some, some real good ammunition to be able to help hitters make, make better adjustments. So, first let's start off by saying this. The eyes are, without a doubt, the most complicated, sophisticated camera system known to man. More sophisticated than any camera NASA can develop, more sophisticated than any camera Nikon or Canon or Fuji can develop. The eyes are the, the most sophisticated, complicated camera system known to man. Each eye has six muscles. And I'm not going to go into too much like eye stuff, but just I, I want to lay, lay out some groundwork so we understand what we're dealing with. Um, each eye has six muscles, four muscles of the six control up, down, in and out movement. And then the other two are just holding, basically holding the eye in place. Uh, there, are, there are people who do vision training from the physical standpoint of visual training. So in other words, they're doing eye strengthening exercises and I'm not sure whether those exercises are the reason why players get better, but I'm not sure that they're not the reason why players don't get better either. But if you're doing that kind of stuff and it's working, you should continue to do it. You definitely should continue to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm attacking this from a different side. I don't want to make, I think we've all, in a, in a sense, have made the swing so much of a physical process that we forgot about the mental process. And by show of hands, if you feel like the swing is at least 70% mental or more, raise your hand. Or hitting, the process of hitting. Is at least 70% of mental or more, raise your hand. So I think we all agree that hitting is a lot more mental, especially going up to the higher levels, especially if your travel team is playing on Sunday. It's more of a mental game. Uh, However, sometimes we get so caught up into the physical that we forget to teach or implement the mental process. And... Just like the just like the physical swing, you have physical eye movement, but there is also a mental process to what the eyes need to do. There's also a mental process. So let's talk about that. Um, first of all, um, most hitters, and we're going, to, we're going to talk about setup first. First thing we're going to do is talk about setup first, and I'm going to have um, Bree stand up. Just go ahead and grab that bat, Bree. Oh, your bat. You have bat. Just grab that one. Anyone? Just got to get up to the plate. And when we talk about setup, okay, you know, we're talking about, go ahead and go got and get set up. Your picture's out there. We're talking about the, really the visual setup first and how the head is going to be positioned. Now, most hitters, when I go to different places and I watch hitters work, most hitters are, are, are getting themselves in a position where they're probably hitting upside down a lot. Okay, and the, the upside down hitters are starting upside down. It becomes more of a habit based on pretty much bad tee work okay pretty much based on bad teamwork so we want to be we want to be able to create um, eyes level level eyes and we call that binocular vision and binocular tracking by meaning two and eyes level with two eyes so you also have that's one okay that's one visual adjustment with the head going from hitting upside down back to hitting with the eyes level which is what we really want to get all our hitters to do second is we want to make sure that we have a we have both eyes tracking the, the ball. Without getting into whether your hitters are a right eye dominant or left eye dominant, I'll say this: more than 70% of the human population is going to be right eye dominant. Okay? So if if your hitters are right eye dominant, which most of them probably are, your right-handed hitters are probably mostly going to be right, right eye dominant, that means their dominant eye is going to be in the back. So we want to be able to try to create more flexibility in the head and shoulder and neck area so that this dominant eye is really involved in the tracking process and can align itself with the pitcher's throwing side of the pitcher's body. So we really want to get to those, those hitters to be comfortable in that position and soften up that shoulder so that they're able to get this back eye, in case, just in case that's their dominant eye or even if it's not, you still want to make, have both eyes involved in feeding the visual information into the brain, okay? So you want to be, to be able to get the hitters here because you have a lot of hitters that will be here. And now the dominant eye or the back eye has to try to look around the bridge of the nose, which puts a lot of stress on the eyes as muscles. And I'm going to talk about the, the fact that eyes are muscles because like, like any other muscle, when the muscles are stressed, when the muscles are static, and when the muscles are doing a lot of work, they fatigue. So when the eyes are fatigued, obviously, you're not going to be able to track accurately what that ball, moving ball is really about to do. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the presentation. So third, in terms of setup, you have a lot of hitters that will be shoulder directly above the hip. And, and we, we know we want to keep our hitters tall. We, I, I realize that. However, and you can stand up in your own space and feel it for yourself, some hitters are here, but they're, they're so tall that they're here. Now what hap- what's happening now in this situation is her weight just went to her heels. If I get her to have a slight body lean in, her weight just went to the front part of her feet. Front part of your feet versus heels do, things, do something that uh, gives you a tremendous advantage as a hitter, and I'm gonna explain that in a second. So I'll explain it now. So here's, here's what happens. I have two cameras. I have one camera in this hand that's a relatively weak, cheap camera. And I have another camera in this hand that's an expensive high-end, high megapixel camera. The high, mega, the high megapixel camera is wobbling and shaking. The cheap camera is not wobbling and shaking. Which one's gonna take a better picture? Definitely the cheaper, weaker camera. Okay? So stability becomes an issue now. And this is something that is this, this is something that you really this is this is gonna be. If you don't get anything out of this presentation, this is going to be the key component to help you develop your hitters. The hitters with the stronger legs are creating a tripod system that stabilizes the head, which is the camera system that houses the eyes, which are the lenses. So we need to be able to make sure that our hitters can create a stable tripod system that stabilizes the camera so that we can get it, so that we can minimize what we call intrinsic wobble, which is mini head tremors that we don't even see that's happening, and it's happening really small. It's happening at, at, at a really small degree. but We want to be able to get, get that stabilization of the, of the front side, and when we talk about visual mechanics, when we talk about the mechanics that affect vision, just being able to establish balance is gonna be able to help you take your hitters to a whole nother level just in terms of what, what they're able to see and what they're not able to see and how accurate they see it at, okay? Thank you. Okay, so that, that, that was just set up. Court, you're up. So when we're doing T-work, how do we incorporate this stuff into the drills? That, that's the key, is how do we incorporate this stuff into the drill? So when we're doing T-work, This is something that you as a coach have to make important. You have to make this important. Because if you make it important, your players will make it important. Don't get nervous. She's not going to swing. <laughs> but she's a pull hitter, so you got to watch out over there. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and get started. <laughs> okay, so we got, we, got, we got that. So before she takes three swing off the tee, she's always going to check in. I call it checking in. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But she's always going to look long first while she's working short. So she's never going to just go get up on a tee and just go look directly at the tee and then start working from the tee, from the tee, from the tee. She's always going to take a check-in about 43 feet away if she's playing at that level, or if not, maybe it's about 35 feet away. And she's, get, she's taking her eyes through the exact movement process that they would have to go through if she was in a, in, a, in a live game. Because we want to try to make our tee work and we want to try to make our short work a little bit closer to what happens in a game situation or what's happening from the front side. Okay, so we got the setup happening, she got the body lean in, she got, the, she got a binocular setup, okay? And then she's also, got, she's, also, she's also checking in, two eyes on the pitcher. Now obviously she can still see, what the, she knows where the ball is, and then she'll go into her set, into her load. And once, her, once she plants her foot, her foot's always going to plant first. She's always going to get the heel plant, because she knows she has to stabilize that front side. And then once that happens, now she's ready to hit. So key note, whenever you're doing video analysis, if, if, if you guys are doing video analysis, you're using like maybe Uber or Coach's Eye and you, you, you're filming your players, that's something that I want you to look for. I want you to, make, I want you to try to see if, if your hitters are able to get the foot down, heel plant also without drifting forward because we, don't, we want to minimize that head movement. So once he gets to here, she just stabilized her head. Now from that point, her head's not going to move. Go ahead and go through a slow motion swing, but just a little bit above the ball. So her head, her head never moves. It stays in that same spot throughout the swing. She's not moving. Once that, once that tripod gets down, her head is never going to move. There's not going to be a whole lot of head movement. Remember, if the head is moving and the ball is moving, now you got moving eyes and a moving ball. You just made the, you just made the, the already difficult hitting process twice as difficult. Because we can't really hit what we can't see accurately. Everybody got that? Everybody understand that? Okay, good. Thank you. So now, hitters. There's two types, there's three types of hitters. I'm, I'm gonna go through three types of hitters. Bree, stand up on, 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 the, on the edge of that uh, fence right there. There's three types of hitters. Now, what I want you to do, I want everybody to try to follow the ball. I'm gonna toss the ball to Bree, she's gonna catch it. Follow, no, foul, face me. Yep. I'm gonna toss the ball to Bree, she's gonna, she's gonna catch it. Don't drop it, Brie. Don't drop it. Good. Here we go. So just, we're just playing the game of catch. Now what I'm asking you guys to do out in the audience is I want, you to, I want you to just try to stay on this ball the whole time. I want you to stay on this ball the whole time as the ball goes to her. Stay on that ball. Good. Stay on that ball. Okay, great. Pause. Bring it back. Now, when I toss it again, now I want you to stay a little bit out front of the ball now. Visually. A little bit out front of it. So where my finger is is where I want you to be. I want you to be a little bit out front of that ball. A little bit out front of the ball. Good. A little bit out front. Good. Now, really good hitters have the ability to see some of the ball. They see some of the ball. And some of where the ball's going. That's what really good hitters do. Really bad hitters are seeing some of the ball and some of where it's already been. And they're spending the entire flight of the pitch trying to catch up to it. And I'm going to show you how we're going to be able to retrain that, 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 that thinking. Get knee set up. Your knee set up. Elite hitters. Elite level hitters are able, to, are able to make this gap here so much bigger. And I'm going to give you a little, di- I'm going to create a diagram for you. Bring home plate over to the, to the end over there. Yep. Okay. So let's, let's pretend that this is 43 feet although we know it's not. I need you to use your imagination. Let's just say from that bat to home plate is 43. Okay? Half of 43 is 21 and a half. That's the halfway mark. That's going, to be, that's going to be the judgment line for me. That's going to be my goal if I want to get somebody to an elite level because at an elite level, you got to already know at the halfway mark, the 21 and a half foot mark, right around there somewhere, where contact is going to happen. Now, follow me now. At the eight-foot mark is where neuropsychologists, neuroscientists, I think Sports Illustrated had an article about it uh, about a year and a half ago. The eight-foot mark is where smarter people than us have come to the realization that at a real high level, from eight feet out to the contact point is an actual blind spot. Nobody can can tell you that they're actually seeing the ball from eight feet to contact, when the ball's at a certain speed, because scientifically and biomechanically, your brain and your eyes cannot work together fast enough. It's humanly impossible to say, you're getting visual information from here to, to contact. So all of the visual, all of the relevant visual information is happening somewhere between the uh, release or pre-release, and then it gets bigger and more accurate somewhere in between 21 and a half and right before eight to ten feet. Got it? So the best hitters get set are the hitters who anticipate, not the hitters who react. So from 13 and under. You're probably reacting, hitters, coaches. There's probably a lot of reaction going on. So a hitter can get, get the plate. They can let the pitcher pitch it. They can make a decision somewhere around here. It's a rise ball. It's a curve ball. It's a drop ball. It's outside. It's inside. Okay? When you get to the, to the age of 15, 16 and, and higher, or at a level of an SEC college level, now you're talking about I don't have as much time to actually react, so I have to anticipate more. I have to anticipate more. So here's some of the, I'm gonna show you some exercises that I do to help hitters to understand what anticipation really is. Because that's a hard thing to articulate to young people. Okay, so Bri, I'll have you stand here on that angle facing that way. This way, right where I am. This way, right there. I want you to face off with her. Hopefully everybody can see what we're gonna do. So, Seven years ago, um, I was doing some, I was doing a lot of, I still am, doing a lot of research on vision and the cognitive process and how athletes uh, intake visual information, how to speed up, how fast they process it, and then how do we get them to develop the proper, most at, more accurate response? So what we did was, uh, I went to Carlsbad California, a company called Skills, S-K-L-Z. We designed a high-vis ball, we did a softball, we did a baseball, we did a high-vis football, um, and we said, Let's, let's accentuate the scene, let's make it a real feel, so that we can, we can really teach players what's really happening at an unconscious level. And let's bring it, to, bring it to more conscious. It is visually so much more difficult to hit a softball than it is to hit a baseball. Here's why. Softball is work, baseball is working off two, con, two contrasts. You're contrasting red seams to read off of white. Relatively simple. Softball are contrasting two colors that are basically almost similar. You're contrasting red off of optic yellow. Very difficult to do in at at, at terms of how close you are and how fast they're throwing you at a high level. So right off the top, softball is at a visual disadvantage with baseball, plus the fact that you have to be able to hit the ball breaking on multiple planes. Down, up, in and out, down and out, down and out. It's, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. Okay, so what we did was we said we want to, we want to create files. Now, here's what, here's what happens in vision. Hitters are creating files. That's all they're doing. When you take BP, when you take uh, front toss, when you take live, live BP, when you're hitting off machines, each hitter is creating a file every time they see a pitch and every time they take a swing. They're creating files. So the hitters with the most files have more files in storage that they can go back and retrieve. So here's the process of what happens mentally with a hitter, okay? I see a pitch, that's even spin. Everybody watch the spin. Even spin. Everybody see see how that's even? See how that's uneven? Everybody see the difference? I got even spin, uneven spin. Even, uneven. Now if the spin is even, I'm gonna toss it again. If the spin is even, I want everybody in the audience, including you two, raise your hand real fast if the spin is even. Pretty good. Well, that was uneven. So you shouldn't raise your hand. Let's try it again. Even. Even. Right. Got it. Okay. Now, what are you guys doing it? Oh. <laughs> I want you to. You uh, okay. two to do it. Ready? Even. Okay. No. Yeah. Do it fast. As soon as you know. Good. As soon as you know. So here's what happens in the process. I'm at the mall. Um, I, I, I'm going to bump into three people at the mall. The first person I see at the mall I've never met before. Never met you. I ran into you over at the mall. Okay. Second people I meet. The second person I see at the mall. I, I saw you once before about a year and a half ago. So you look kind of familiar, but. I don't know if that's really you. I'm not gonna go up to you and say hi. And then I ran into one more person at the mall that I see on a weekly basis. So you're automatically very familiar to me. I'm like, hey, what's up? How you been? What's been going on? Okay, so that's, that's three people. Now, here's what happened in hitting. This person never, has never seen a rise ball before in their life. Never saw a real rise ball. This person was injured. They were out six months. Haven't really seen a lot of pitching but they have seen some, some rise balls before that, before the injury. This person just played a tournament last weekend. We, faced, we played seven games. We, we faced five rise ball pitchers, okay? All three of these players are gonna to play tomorrow, rise ball pitcher. The person that's never seen a rise ball before doesn't have a chance. The person that has seen rise balls but hasn't seen rise balls in a while is gonna need a batter that bat or two to be able to get those files back, to be able to be able to have that recognition, okay? This person that has just seen rise balls last week, five five in the tournament, first at bat, they're gonna be right on the rise ball, first at bat. Same thing happens in pitching, in in the game. So watch this, follow me now, I want you to write 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 these seven things down, I think it's six or seven, okay? Player records the file, records the file. So I'm seeing the pitch, I record the file. I also store the file. I also store it. Almost like a cloud somewhere here or in my database, okay? After I store it, I have to be able to retrieve it or recall it. Retrieve slash recall, okay? And I'm only going to be able to recall files and store them based on how many times I've seen that file. We call that cache in the computer world, right? Cache. If you empty cache and clear clear cache, or you have no cache, the pages on the websites don't load up fast enough because you haven't been there enough. You haven't been there enough. Everybody see how that works? Same way your brain works. Computers only mimic what the human brain does. Okay? So we got retrieval. Now, in a game, When I see a a new pitch, or I see a pitch, now I'm matching the pitch that I'm seeing with the files that I already have stored. So now we're matching files. And then I have to be able to generate a response to that file. I have to be able to generate a response based on what hasn't worked in the past and what I hope will work in the future. So if I'm late on a pitch, I can make an adjustment mentally, start sooner, what have you, start sooner, what have you. So, so, th- so this drill that I'll, I'll do this where I'll have a player here, I have a player here, I may have a player here, and I'll do some toss drills just to get them to understand. I want, you to, I want you to read, I want you to read, I want you to store. And now when it comes to raising the hand, what I want you to get your players to do is I want them to, instead of looking for, instead of looking for two different spins, we're looking, at, we're looking for one spin and we're sitting on that one spin. When that spin happens, we raise our hand. If it doesn't happen, we don't raise our hand. So in hitting, how does that translate? How does that translate in hitting? What it does is it, what it, does is it causes them to have to be able to get up to the plate and say, I'm looking for this particular pitch, which goes into having, learning how to have game plans. So you're telling your hitters she has a good changeup, let's wait on the changeup. They don't have the ability to sit on that changeup because they haven't trained for it. Everybody got it? So, now we're going to talk about one more thing and then we're going to be done. Okay? You guys can have a seat right there. We're going to talk about open focus. We're going to talk about open focus versus peripheral vision. So, I'm a hitter in the batter's box. It's not really going to be about peripheral vision for me because I'm not really concerned with my eyes moving and seeing how far I can look this way and look that way. But I am going to be concerned with this this right here. It's called open focus. Open focus. And what open focus is, is if I'm in the batter's box I should be able to see the pitcher, the shortstop, the second baseman, the left field foul pole, the scoreboard, the fence, the skyline, the parking lot, the team bus. I should be able to see everything in one portrait and then I'm just simply going to go ahead and zoom back in when the pitcher starts to delivery. So I'm going to ask everybody a quick question. If you play softball or baseball, and the pitcher is about to pitch, exactly what were, and this is the most, important, the most important question you can ask your hitters. When the pitcher is about to pitch, just before the pitch and when she's releasing, what are you actually looking at? And if I ask 50 people in the room the same question, I probably would get 50 different answers, and that would be okay. But I want, to tell, I want you to understand what answer you want to look for. So, anybody have any thoughts? Like, what, what did, you, you, did you play softball before? When the pitcher was pitching, what did you look, what did you look for? I looked at her hip. You went from where? I looked at her hip. Looked at the hip? When she started, or? The whole time. The whole time, okay. So we have a person that looked at the hip the whole time right here. That's one. Any, any other ideas? You play softball? Yeah? yeah? At look at the what? The whole time? Okay. And anybody play baseball, softball? You play softball. What do you look at? Um, the, pitch what? the pitch is what? I didn't hear. The, is a hole. the, whole, the whole body? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then do you move at some point to the throwing area or? Yeah, and I look at the ball, I guess. Okay, okay now. Now I'm going to give you a strategy. Remember when we talked about how the eyes were muscles earlier? So the eyes are muscles. Any muscle that is not moving, guess what's happening to that muscle? It's, it's fatiguing. So muscles that are moving are, are actually resting. It's called active rest. Muscles that are not moving, that are just static, are actually fatiguing over time. So the eyes are muscles. If the eye muscles are not moving, and they're just staring at one spot the whole time, they fatigue. Here's an exercise. We're all going to try it. I'm going to have you go from baseball to softball. When I say switch, I want you to switch. Ready? Everybody stare at the softball. Switch. Back to the softball. Okay, now I'm going to tell you what happened. If I'm right, just raise your hand. You stared at the softball, the first time you got there, it was really, really accurate. It was really, really high-def. The longer you stared at it, the less high-definition it was. When you switched to the baseball, the baseball was not high-def. Then you went back to the softball and it was high again. If that's true, raise your hand. Okay, so what just happened was, the longer you stared at that one spot, what just happened, the longer you stared there, the ball was going in and it was going out of focus, out of focus, because you were already there, so long. Your eyes were fatiguing. When you went to the baseball, it was in high def. When you went back to the softball, it was in high def again, because you just got there. So this is the reason why you're gonna have your hitters take a visual route. You're gonna have them take a visual route to the spot, the spot that you wanted to start at. I want you, I want you to get there, but I want you to get there a little bit later because you want to make sure that that ball comes out, it's coming out in high definition. You understand? Everybody got it? I think you were right on the money with what you were doing in terms of what we want to teach because when you were looking at the whole body, you had more of an open focus and then you zoomed in. So it's almost like I'm zooming out and then when the picture gets here, we zoom back in to that spot that this young lady over here talked about. Does Everybody get that? Um, Watching the whole circle (laughs) might make some people a little bit dizzy. I know I would get dizzy and probably fall. That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> so I, I don't want you to, get, want, want you to get, have your eyes doing that kind of movement, but we want to keep our movement steady. So I'll give you an example of two hitters in baseball and two hitters in softball who might happen to know what their visual routes are. If you remember Bernie Williams, he went from, Bernie Williams went from Yankees, Yankee Stadium, center field, black, back to the pitcher's arm. That was Bernie's personal visual route. Barry Barnes was, two eyes on the pitcher or a head to the pitcher, but then Bonds would go eyes to the shortstop, and when the pitcher got to here, Bonds would get back to the, back to the release point of the pitcher. Kelly Crutchman, she played at the University of Alabama, four-time All-American. Uh, I think she has two, two gold medals and a silver medal. When I coached the Pride, we did a lot of vision work with them. She was second day side back to the pitcher's throwing side. Okay, so you have different, Cassie, who just walked out, she played at Alabama um, when they won the championship. She's right here from Yorktown, New York. Um, she was, we did vision work with her since she was 14 years old. She was, she, did, she had different routes for different types of pitchers. She would go from the ground up, she would go from the pitcher's ribbon, joke, back down. <laughs> so she had different things that she would do that was just comfortable for her. So you can kind of get in the cage with the players and try to figure out what's the best possible route for you as a player by playing with different visual routes because we really want to keep eye movement going. We really want to keep eye movement going. I'm going to, talk, I'm going to show you some drills that are really fun drills that help hitters to be able to speed up the eyes. Uh, how am I doing? Thank you. Okay, so uh, you're going to toss, you're going to catch. You're going to hit righty. Let's move the plate over here. You toss him here. Okay. Yep. You're going to take a knee. Take a knee right there. Okay. So, yeah, you can take it. You can back up a little bit. we want to do it at a slower slower pace just so that we can show the uh, drill. So the first thing I want to, do, want to do is this is how you teach your hitters how to... Change what the eyes are doing. Now, let me tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you guys a quick, short story before I tell you this, before we do the drill. S- seven years ago, six or seven years ago, there was a team called Team New Jersey. Right now, it's a tournament, but it used to be a team. Um, from that team, like I think four of the players of the four of the nine played Team USA. Like it's it's it was a pretty good team. Anyway. The first year we did it, we took a bunch of eighth graders and maybe like two sprinkled in ninth graders to an 18U gold tournament with the batbusters in California. None of these girls played a game of high school yet. These are the drills that I did pre-game. This is the pre-game drills I did. We went undefeated in the tournament and we had the most home runs in the whole tournament. And these are girls that never saw this kind of pitching. Okay, I just want to make sure that you got, and, and any of them, if you Google them or email them or text them, you can ask them about these drills and they'll tell you. This is back then that we did this, okay, now. Well, all it did was is it speeded up their vision so when they got in the game, the game was just slower. So we're going to first do the, we're going to show you how you, want to, how you how you want to get your players to do the drill right first. And the form is important. This is the reason why I put her on her knee, is to kind of isolate the legs. Okay, you have a partner toss it, and she's going to go ahead and get there and catch it. Throw a little harder. Make sure you reach. She's gonna get there and catch it. I want her to catch, keep going, keep going. I'm gonna talk. I want her to catch them because if she catches them, that means her eyes are soft. If she's smacking them, that means her eye muscles are really, really strong. So the softer the eye muscles, the softer the hands are gonna be. So she's catching them. We're simulating the swing, and we're also keeping her head movement still. So she's not gonna move her head. If it's a bad pitch, throw a bad pitch. She's not gonna dip her head on a bad pitch. So we're focusing on stabilizing the camera system, but also coordinating the hands and keeping everything soft. Okay? I do this um, in a neutral phase first so I can teach them the mechanics of the drill. Because a lot of times players are doing drills wrong, and then they get nothing out of it. It's important that you are really, really particular about doing these drills correctly so that the hitter can get the most out of it. Okay, then Now I'm going to add an open focus phase to it. Like you said, open focus, right? So here's what happens in open focus. Open focus, she ha- she's going to be able to move a little closer, right there. Open focus, she's going to be able. She- she's watching my hand the whole time. Go, If she's not cheating, Don't look at the ball. Look at my hand the whole time. If you miss it, you miss it. Throw it harder, Brie. Catch. Anticipate. Get your hands out. Don't look down. Nice. Stay up here. Stay up here. Faster, Bree. Faster. Good. Yep. Pause. Relax. Okay. Now that that so that would be phase one, open focus. So they got it. Phase two. I'm adding visual stress to the drill. I did. By the way, I did this stuff with Manny Ramirez when he was with the Red Sox. Same stuff, same exact stuff. Okay? Up. Now I'm changing my I'm changing numbers on my hands. She's calling them out. Call them out. Go. One, two, louder. Five. One, two, five, three, one, two,
0: two,
1: five, one, two, two, <laughs> two. You're good, you're good. Pause. Okay, now, that was open focus. That was phase one. That was phase two? Yeah, that was phase two. Open focus phase two. Now we're going to go to open focus phase three. Did I show you this? Phase three? Alright, now you're going to see it. Here we go. <laughs> now you're going to see it. You're good. You are good. You got enough. Let's go. Quick. Quickly. Phase three is a lot more advanced and it adds a lot more stress. Now we go with two hands. She's going to add them up. Ready? Go. Six, five, two, four, Don't cheat. Fast debris. Two, 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 two. Multiply. Three, oh. Let's go. Fruit. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Okay, but everybody, everybody gets it, right? Okay, good. Okay, you guys can go sit right over there. Okay, now, I'm gonna say this. this is, I'm gonna close on this. I'm gonna close on this. I'm good? Okay. I'm gonna, because I wanna make sure you guys have time to see all the things that we have going on here today at this facility. There's a lot going on. I want you to be able to get it all. If you wanna ask me any questions, I will be at the Fast Pitch Nation booth. And if you want to bring your players over, I'll do a quick visual acuity screen. It'll take like five minutes. If you want to bring a player over, we'll do a quick visual acuity screen. I'll show you how to, how to administer one. You can do it on your daughters if you want to bring your daughters over. Or if you're a coach, I can just do it on you. And you can go back and do it with your players. Okay? But before we, before we split up, understand this. The brain does not have the ability to multitask. I'm not just making this up. This is what neuroscience and neuropsychology says. So when your kids are at the dinner table texting and listening to you talk, somebody's not getting someone's attention. Either she's spelling words wrong or or she's listening to you. They think they can multitask. I took my son and my nephew to the movies. They're texting throughout the whole movie. I was like, wait a minute, I just paid all this money for the movie theater and you guys are in the movies texting? Cut those phones off. You understand? So it's like this. If you have a computer and you're uploading a picture to Facebook and you're downloading a song from iTunes simultaneously, what your computer is doing is it's, it's actually time splicing. It's uploading the picture, downloading, downloading the song. Facebook, iTunes, Facebook, iTunes, Facebook, iTunes. It's not doing them at the same time. The progress bar shows up at the same time, but your computer is not doing both tasks at the same time. It's doing one, then the other, one, then the other. And then when one is finished, the other progress bar speeds up. Notice that? Okay, This is how your brain works. Hitting is timing. We cannot practice timing and recognition at the same time as human beings. We can't do it with the same accuracy, especially when the pitching gets faster. So your hitters are trying to, trying, to, trying to practice timing with their trigger at the same time as recognition is supposed to be happening. It becomes impossible. So we want to have to, what we want to do is we want to create timing first. Timing is over. Now recognition can happen. Everybody got it? Timing is over. Now recognition can happen. Toss me, toss me one real quick. Go on that side. So Breeze tossing me the ball, my foot's down early. Down early. Down early. This is what I see nine times out of 10 all over the country. Go. Same time, and my body went with it. Go. Same time, foot getting down at the same time as I want to hit, and my body went with it. Everybody understand that? I want to be down early two separate functions, we call it separation. Without separation, vision becomes impossible. And planting and getting my tripod down becomes impossible without separation. So I'm minimizing how much my belly button moves. It doesn't. That's why we can hit change-ups over the fence. And this is why we look bad on change-ups. Because we're trying to multitask two different things that are personally, psychologically, neurologically impossible okay thank you